Hello and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we are going to talk about sports without assuming you out there know everything there is to know about crashing the net or the offside rule. I am Rebecca, your hockey Hermione Granger, and I am joined in the West Coast <laughs> by my two co-hosts. I I am terribly afraid that that makes me Nancy, who is your basketball Ron Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm your baseball Luna Lovegood, so oh, oh, I think we all I love it. Oh, very good. <laughs> um, so welcome, welcome, uh, joining, thank you for joining us today. Words are, wow, words are real hard today. I, I almost said to you, oh, don't worry, it's Friday afternoon, they're always hard, and then I realized, it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> What a week. Oh, we're off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually going to call an audible here and, and go in a different order than we talked about. Because part of the reason I have no brain right now is because all I've been talking about all day at work is COVID-19 preparations and, yep. and you know, how it's affecting the state, how it's affecting the university, how it's affecting public mm-hmm. stuff. So I work at a university and mm-hmm. many universities are approaching spring break and yep. basically saying to the students, don't come back for at least two weeks after spring break. And they're converting <laughs> classes to online and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, but interestingly, it is seeping into the sports world. Mm-hmm. So the NHL, NBA, MLB, and NFL all issued a joint statement within the last couple of days saying that they're restricting media access in the locker rooms. Um, And a couple of stadiums, especially in California are now Mm -hmm. hosting closed events. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I think the sharks that, what is it? The SAP center. Yep. Um, Yeah. The shark tank. (laughs) I think they're the first ones to say that we're not going to, have mm-hmm. attendees right. at our events because right, you're in because the San Jose, which is in Santa Clara County and Santa Clara County currently has like something like over a hundred cases of COVID-19. They've been one of the hardest hit. Um, and so, yeah, not, not having public gatherings is a big deal. And I have to say, and this is tangential and unrelated to COVID-19 at all, but one of my favorite things about the shark tank is that the building itself does actually have giant sharks on the outside of it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's fun. In true California fashion, they are, in fact, sharks that are also ads for the iPhone because they are pictures of actual sharks taken on an iPhone. It's not <laughs> a tiny little credit, so it's like sure. taken on Apple iPhone 12 or whatever the fuck we're oh at my now. God. <laughs> but still, I was delighted the first time I saw the shark tank that it did actually have, like, giant sharks Just, on the phone. Yeah. So, but that's yeah, uh, Santa Clara County kind of fucked right now. Um they're, yeah, prohibiting all gatherings over, what, 1,000? Oh, is it 50? Uh, I, know I don't know what counties. Santa Clara is. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure. So we're, we are not in Santa Clara County. We, uh, Rachel and I are, we, Rachel lives in Alameda County. I live in uh, Contra Costa County, which are, we live like four miles from each other. Yeah, but, but right. over the county line. Right. Um, I got an email today uh, from the Contra Costa County Health Board or whatever that says that they are recommending canceling any events over 50 people. Um, stay home as much as possible. 
uh, Sacramento County, which is the you know the state capital county, which is just like a couple over from us, is now focused on mitigation rather than containment because they've reached the point where they don't believe they can trace it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my work is also affected by this. So I I'm academic adjacent. So uh, a lot of our clients are going through what you say you're going through with your job, um, where they're trying to decide what are they going to be doing for the rest of the semester. And also, we're supposed to host an in-office conference in two weeks. Not Uh, happening. (laughs) Well, they haven't called it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, A bunch of our clients who were supposed to fly out. But meanwhile, we're all being told to work from home as much as possible and not mm-hmm. to public transit. So it's like, okay, even if these clients do come physically out to our office. You're not allowed to go to your <laughs> office. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's an interesting conundrum, and it really is hard to avoid right now. And yeah. I fully expect that, you know, I know in other countries, sports have been playing to empty stadiums for a while now, for yeah. a couple weeks, and I think that's absolutely what's going to happen here, which is a bummer, because we were going to go be in yeah. a suite for the A's opening night. Oh, that's right, the A's oh, game, no. too. I was yeah. sad about the hockey game with Rebecca, but oh, no, yeah, I'm doubly sad. the three of us were going to get together and go see a Sharks game at the beginning of April, because Rebecca was going to fly out and see some California games, so like... Not only is it affecting us in our work, but it's directly affecting the fact that we were going to be able to do a live podcast, (laughs) all three of us in one spot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's affecting that, like, Rachel and I were going to go and see... I'll show up in a hazmat suit. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Are you going to eat the the food provided that's been touched by who knows how many people in the bowels of the stadium? I mean... It's a calculated risk. You're gonna take Bart to get there? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So I'll walk. You'll walk. I'll start today. Start at noon. <laughs> yeah. You might get there by seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's a. It's a real thing. And I know the NBA has announced that they are considering playing to empty stadiums. Interesting. LeBron James uh, went on Twitter and said, "If they do that, he won't play." Which what? I think is. Yeah, well, it was interesting because it was one of the things where it's like, okay, dude, you're, you're clearly posturing. I can't imagine that that's actually what's going to happen. Um, but what he was saying was, and this is, I think, a really valid point, is that a lot of the players just play for the fans, you know, and if they don't have the fans there, then why are they playing? Like, what's the point, right? Okay. Because sports is a participatory experience in that way. And for players to be playing each other in an empty arena I mean, mm-hmm. I think it really must just change. The yeah, absolutely. Feeling of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I yeah. Mean, I don't. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's going to change things. I, I think it'll be fascinating to watch a game. Like, are they going to allow press in the arena to mm-hmm. cover the game? Presumably, yeah, they I was could because the press sit real far. At least in hockey, they right. sit real far but, away from the ice. But then the press are with each other. So, like, are you going to put like? Yeah, but the press are with each other now, even in the, even though they're, you know, they're 10 feet away from the players across a really long conference room table. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to have their phones up next to the players as they talk. Right, right, right. So nobody's worried about the press getting each other sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if they're going to have the announcers going. Are they going to yeah. have the, yeah. everybody get loud? Well, I mean, so streaming is a thing, right? Yeah. Like, and that's one of the things, so at work, we're talking about, can we do this conference remote? Like, can we actually live stream, you know, stream all the sessions? 
Mm-hmm. I, I personally think it's going to be a challenge if we do try to do that, but obviously that's one of the, the questions, right? And the same thing will be true. But, I mean, can you imagine trying to watch a game on the TV in an empty state? Like, it's going to be the weirdest, most dystopian thing. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, and and I've got to imagine it's weird for the players to be playing oh, yeah. to an empty arena. And, like, yeah. if you're not pulling anything from the fans, like, do mm-hmm. you get the same kind of energy? Or are we just going to be watching a lot of slow games? Yeah. Well, as someone who's done theatrical productions where there are more people on stage than in the audience, mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I feel I would assume it just makes it feel like practice. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but most of these guys even have open practices. That's true. Most oh, that's of the teams true. have have spectators at their practices. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, the oh, they have yeah. like three closed practices a year. When they've mm-hmm. got, you know, picture day and family day and mm-hmm. and I don't feel like looking at people day. So <laughs> that's a so, for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean for real. Um so playing in an empty stadium. Yeah. That's gonna be a whole new thing. Well, and think of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. That's gonna be so deeply weird. Depending then, on course, how long this goes. I mean mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a little while, but also, I mean, just, I mean, the, so obviously the next implication aside from the immediate, like our plans are impacted and what's it like for the players? What's the economic impact of this? Oh, yeah. Right? Huge. Like even just for sports alone, playoff tickets are thousands of dollars yeah. per person for thousands of people. Right. Yeah. What about all the people who sell hot dogs? Yeah. Everybody yeah. working in the, the right. stadium what doesn't the get janitors. Like, what are we Right. And of course, it's not yeah. just sports that are asking these questions. That's completely across everything right now. But no, it's going to affect the people who work the mm-hmm. the stadiums, mm-hmm. the um, food vendors, the alcohol vendors, the people who do the, you know, the housekeeping. It's going to affect them more than anyone else. Yeah. Because if the if the arena isn't bringing revenue through ticket sales, are they going to have money to pay those people? Right. right. And you know, the worst part is those are going to be the people who are most vulnerable already yeah. because they probably don't make a lot. They probably don't get a lot, if any, sick leave, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they're living paycheck to paycheck, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a thing that I think, um, and I haven't seen this talked about, so maybe we should be talking about this, but I would really like to see, depending on how this all goes, I would like to see teams step up and saying, you know, we're committing to paying sick leave for all of our employees. That would be amazing. Committing mm-hmm. to pay our employees if they get quarantined, you know, or if we're not allowed Listen, to. it shouldn't it shouldn't even be the team. It should be the owners of the team yeah, yeah, sure, who have sure. millions yeah. upon millions yeah. of dollars yep. in yes. their own pockets. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Ted Leonsis. <laughs> Joe Lacon. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, come on, Joe, like, step up, say all of our ticket sellers yeah. and all of our janitors and everybody who washes the uniforms, people who sell the popcorn, like, mm-hmm. they will just get paid. Mm-hmm. Like, they need mm-hmm. to be. It is not their fault. This mm-hmm. is not something that anybody can control for. We are all, especially here in California right now, being all told to stay home as much as possible, not to interact in mm-hmm. big gatherings, not to take public transit, any of this stuff. Like, yeah. just say, you're just, you're not going to lose your job. You're not going to get evicted. You're not going to, you know, like California, especially, we're so expensive. Mm-hmm. Everybody's already just on a shoestring. Well, you miss a, a paycheck. Mm-hmm. You miss a paycheck. You are just fucked. 
So yeah, it, I think the onus is really on the owners and the management and the and the teams and you know the organizations as a whole, the NBA, the NHL, you know, the NFL, to just say, all right, we're just going to take care of our people. This is just what we're going to do. Agreed. Yeah. Well, uh, I could I could be done talking about COVID nineteen for the next like month and a half. <laughs> the amount of conversations I've had about it today. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and move on and uh, get a little get a little more feminist up in this place. Mm-hmm. So, Nancy, why don't you tell us about your newsletter? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, <laughs> my buddy Aaron, who is a big sports fan and who uh, plays on our office softball team with me, uh, super into board games, really solid dude. Shout out to Aaron. Um, he found out we were doing this podcast uh, and he immediately said to me, you need to know about this newsletter. Uh, it's all about like women in sports and women in sports media and sexism in sports. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you for thinking of me. You can literally say, I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, so he sent me a link to this newsletter. It's called Power Plays, and it's by a woman named Lindsay Gibbs. And I've only just been signed up for it for like two issues, two, two letters, two newsletters worth. Um, and it's really interesting. And she's also just converting it to uh, at least partially paid model. So just FYI for anybody who goes and looks it up, um, at least some of it is now on. I want to say it's on Patreon. Um, but it's really cool. I will read a little bit from it here. Uh, the intro says, hi, friends. Welcome to Power Plays, a no-bullshit newsletter about sexism and sports written by Lindsay Gibbs. Uh, and then this particular newsletter says, And I thought this was great. Uh, In this thread, we're going to talk about tasks we can take on as a group to help make the world a better place for women and non-binary people in sports. And then goes on to list like a bunch of things that they're talking about doing as a community, which I also thought was really cool because one of the things we have talked about previously is, you know, what are actual actions that can be taken in order to Mm -hmm. promote women's sports, women in sports, women in sports media, all of that. So. Uh, she goes on to have some suggestions for things that maybe could happen. Uh, so she says, every month or two as a group, I want to focus us all on one task to help push things forward. These activities will take a variety of degrees of organization and participation, but by planning ahead, we can make it happen. Here are some things I've been thinking about. A Wikipedia editing session to flush, flesh out slash create Wikipedia pages for important women and non-binary mm. folks in sports. Oh, I love that. Figuring out how to create and add more women's sports gifts to the Twitter gift library. (laughs) Creating a calendar add-on that people can download to keep up to date on women's sports events they want to watch. Organizing and streaming a guide of who to follow and which websites to check for news on women's sports. One day a week for a month, we all go to a bar or restaurant and request a women's sports event on the TV. In bigger cities, we can create power plays and meetups on this. Email writing campaigns to certain websites to encourage them to make it easier to navigate to women's sports coverage on their website. And then use comments below to brainstorm more ideas, et cetera, et cetera. But I was just like, holy shit, this is such a good list of ideas. Yeah, and some some pretty non-obvious that. stuff, too, right? that would go yeah, a long way toward... Yeah, I never toward... thought of a Twitter gift thing. Yeah. That's genius, though, right? So, I'm... I love yeah, that. I'm super into it. And just reading through the newsletter, like, there's been a lot of stuff, like... I don't follow cricket at all. I am aware that it exists, <laughs> that it is played with a giant club, and also you bowl in it, apparently. Uh, I think it's called a bat, a cricket bat. Yeah. Bat. Okay. Well, it looks like a giant club. It does not look like what I think it does. of as a bat. 
No. But apparently Australia has been really investing in women's cricket, which is super cool. And I would not have known that if I had not gotten to emails of this newsletter. So so I I am happily giving a plug to it here and also I think that Is the newsletter on Twitter? Uh, it's a good put or Instagram. It's got to have social media it's contacts have social on media. Somewhere. Go ahead without me and I will answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I thought that was really great. I really, first of all, was grateful to, to be turned on to it. Um, so thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. And second of all, just thought it was good like, job, Aaron. He's a Giants fan, but I guess we'll let that slide. <laughs> no, no, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good guy. We all like Aaron. Um, but yeah, so I'm searching it now on Twitter. How it plays, Lindsay Gibbs. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was great, and I was like, oh, this is exactly what we've been looking for. Exactly yeah. Sort of thing yeah. Um, I'm looking on their website, and I don't actually see um, social media that's on so here. Now that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. But, we can look into it further yeah. later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I found her. So. Um, L-I-N-Z Sports. Um, writer of Power Plays oh. in the newsletter about sexism in sports. So. L-I-N-Z Sports? Mm-hmm. So apparently maybe the newsletter itself doesn't have a Twitter that she does. So. Yeah. Um, that would be really cool. I, I love that the idea of that newsletter and the idea of those very concrete mm-hmm. um, ways of making... Mm-hmm non-cis male athletes right. and sports more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for International Women's Day, which was Two days ago? Sunday. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Sunday, the March 8th? Yes. Something like that. Um, yes, because it was uh, Daylight Savings Change. <laughs> so yes. it's the shortest day of the year. It was, right. So even on International yes. Women's Day, we get 20. Three hours, <laughs> three one hours. hour less. Yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the NHL did something uh, unprecedentedly cool. And they had, in the US, they had all women um, commentators, including pregame, um, intermission, the, the actual call on the ice, the color commentary, and the person they call between the glass. Um, there's a little glass like nook between um, the two benches mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. the commentator yep. stands and does, you know, does some kind of like quick um, player interviews in the middle of the game, uh, coach interviews. Um, they're also very close to hear a lot of the chirping and conversations mm-hmm. that go on the ice. Um, they also organized, um, women working, um, behind the scenes, behind the cameras, doing, um, producing, um, camera work, all this kind of stuff. But all of the on air personalities were all women and it was awesome. It was so cool to listen to hockey and hear women's voices um also interesting to listen to hockey and hear young voices Mm. because many 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 of the commentators are old white guys now we still have the problem that it was all 
I'm, unless I'm missing somebody, it was all white women, which is, you know, still a place that hockey can grow. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it, for me, it was really cool turning on hockey and hearing women making the calls. Um, and from all of the, you know, my, my Twitter feed, it's, it's, you know, probably selection bias because I'm not going to follow people who are sexist and gross. Um, but everybody I know really loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I definitely saw tweets about like how refreshing it was and how interesting it was. And I definitely saw some things too, about like the difference in, in interactions to a certain degree, Yeah, which I always thought was interesting too. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just so hard to imagine for baseball, right? I mean, I, I would hope that there are you know more women involved behind the camera than I know about, but mm-hmm. for the camera, it's mm-hmm. a uh, big old sausage party. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it is it is for hockey too, almost all the time. Yeah. Like, there's one for me. There's one recognizable like national public figure who's a woman, and that's Catherine Tappan. She does a lot of. Um, uh, intermission reports for I want to say NBC, um, but there really aren't that many mm-hmm. others. Every once in a while, you'll get one of the one of the um, Olympic women hockey mm-hmm. players do something like um, show up at the All Star Game. And actually, this past All Star Game, they had the Canada right. versus the U.S. three on three game. Um, yeah. Yeah, as as an event during one of the All Star things, um, but it does, you know, it does beg the question: Why is this so hard to do yeah. any other time right, of year? Right. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, clearly, they were able to find qualified women to fill literally all of these roles for mm-hmm. a, a night. So mm-hmm. they're gonna just hire all of these women, right? <laughs> <laughs> like right <laughs> so i mean at, i'm happy they did it i think it's super great you know that they i mean clearly that took some effort uh it's it's a genuine overture but i really want to know where it goes from here right they're not just patting themselves well, I'll on tell the you back where it goes. And, right going yeah. they're gone like normal they'll make this an annual event yeah. and that's as far as it's right. going to go yeah i mean uh, hockey has a long, long, long way to go towards any sort of uh, gender or racial right. or ethnic or uh, religious equity across the board. Um, the There's also a very vocal part of the fan base who says that one day of listening to women call hockey ruins the sport. Right, of yeah. course. But fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, or really, I'd rather. Well, not. okay, but <laughs> fair. Um, but I mean, they can. But I mean, they I think can get fucked. There you go. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but I think it's also this this question of what happens next is also kind of like indicative of of other problems within hockey. Mm. You know, they the hockey has a saying: "Hockey is for everyone," um, and each team theoretically hosts a hockey is for everyone night, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be celebrating LGBTQ plus communities, Mm -hmm. but there are still four teams that didn't have uh, a hockey is for everyone night. Um, The blues hockey is for everyone night is isn't even a home game. Mm -hmm. Their hockey is for everyone night. It's when the blues are in DC 
playing in DC. And so they're hosting an event, not even at the arena, like at some offsite thing. So like, wow. I mean, is it just thought that it it wouldn't be appropriate in Memphis? Like they're in St. Louis, St. Louis. No, I don't, I don't know what the thought was behind it. I think the thought is, Oh, we're going to host an event, but we're just doing it to check it off our uh, list. Well, and as somebody who grew up near St. Louis, I can imagine that their fan base would not be into it. Like, that's a very conservative area, which doesn't mean they should I mean, do it. But <laughs> they they did one in Dallas. Yeah, but Dallas is a much bigger city. I, so I just I, I just mean, I, I you know, I think this, this question of having women or having, you know, non-cisgendered white men do things mm-hmm. in the hockey world is still a long way yeah. off, which is actually, which is my number one biggest complaint about yeah. the yeah. league. I love the sport. Do not love the league. Yeah. No, I, I mean, we, I think we can say this about all of our sports. Basketball, I do think, does a little better uh, than some of the others. There are, I mean, some of the, at least for the Warriors and nationally for the for the NBA, where there's Kara Burke, who's uh, a reporter for the, for the Warriors. She does all the sideline interviews. There's Doris Burke, who's one of the best known, actually, uh, commentators for... For the NBA generally, she's very well respected by everyone. Um, and there's definitely, you get some former WNBA players who get in on this and so forth. But but there's still a lot more room for growth, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baseball, the only thing I can think of is um, some markets have Spanish language broadcasters. Mm-hmm. Who are oh, too. that's true. Yeah, basketball doesn't do that much. Yeah. That, could be, that could be improved, for sure. There's actually a handful of Spanish language broadcasts for hockey. Really? Um, yeah, L.A., mm, Vegas, sense, Chicago. I even want to really? say. Um, yeah, uh, there's actually there's also a famous one. I think they might be in Edmonton that does the broadcast in Punjabi. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. Um, Brittany and I were at a at a Stars game in Calgary last. Marchish, mm-hmm. and there was a guy sitting next to me who the whole game he was talking on his phone, and it was driving me crazy because I just want to be like, just watch the game, <laughs> man. And at a certain point, I realized he wasn't speaking English, he was speaking Spanish, and he was actually doing the call for the game via his cell phone to wherever it was. And at that point I was like, Oh, you just keep going. You talk all you want, but that was really cool. So, so um, yeah, that the different language broadcast is pretty cool, but we could do more of that. Rebecca, do you know, I'm curious if uh, any of the Canadian teams do first nations language broadcasts. I have no idea. Um, I know there are a couple that do French. Sure. Um, I would assume the Canadian. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine that if there is a First Nations broadcast, it does not make it on like CBC. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question, though. I'm, I'll, I may look in. Oh, not I may look into that. I will look into that. I'll make a note. By writing it on your new desk, we must. We must yes. call out. Rebecca got a new standing desk. Very we fancy. Can see her on Skype, literally writing on it with dry erase markers. It's kind of amazing. My mind is a little yes. blown here because it's it's got a glass top. It's amazing. So cool. We yeah. are old and nerdy, my friends. 
Oh yeah. Oh, I've known that for a while. <laughs> the level of it, the things, <laughs> the bar of things that make me excited. Yeah. Ooh, look at that. I know. It goes up and down. Listen, because of all of my meetings being canceled this week, it means I am free to attend Sheets Con, <laughs> uh, which is tomorrow and Thursday. It's it. It is a virtual conference on Google Sheets. I want to go to this. I need that. <laughs> Wait, are you part of the Excel fandom? Because <laughs> uh, I have some stuff to send you. <laughs> now, I, I know I've seen some of your enthusiasm on Twitter. Is the, the sheets, like, does that fall within Excel fandom? Is there just like a spreadsheet? Yeah, because I would be part of the spreadsheet fandom, in general? but not Excel specifically. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um uh, I, you know what, we haven't, we haven't, uh, drawn out like a Venn diagram of where all of these things fit together. I would suspect it's like a Excel circle and a sheet circle. And then the, the crossover is spreadsheets, pivot tables, conditional formatting, that kind of thing. So I will say one of my favorite funny fics ever that I have ever read involved pivot tables and Partially, it was just because I was like, somebody actually wrote pivot tables into it. It delights me. Oh my god, that's amazing. It was excellent. So, anyway, yes. (laughs) So, sports. The the nerdery runs deep here. Yeah. See? Yeah. COVID-19, man, making us all work from home. Yes. uh, (laughs) We get new stand-up desks and we talk about spreadsheets. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Listen, this this stand-up desk is going to save my back and my hips if I do end up having to work from home for two or three weeks. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Rachel, we have not heard a uh, oh, yeah. strange baseball fact from you. It feels like in quite some time. Okay, well, um, I got one that's kind of the flip side of what we've been talking about. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> okay, so we've uh, we've discussed beanball for the past two episodes. Uh, so this time we're going to talk about don't rub the spot where the pitcher hit you. This what? Yeah, this of course I is mean, the I corollary to bean ball. Depending on where he hits you, that's probably good. Yeah, if he hits you in your bean ball. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is as simple as it sounds. Remember how the pitcher has to pretend that they in no way meant to hit the batter with the ball that they very clearly threw at them. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the batter must pretend not to be hurt. How do you pretend not to be hurt? Those things go fast. Well, not entirely. Okay. Walk it off is the mantra that applies here. Mm -hmm. And you'll see batters doing all kind of perambulations around the batter's box after getting hit. This rule applies whether the pitcher meant to hit you or not. And as far as I can tell, it's purely a machismo thing. Why grabbing the injured area is verboten, but dancing and skipping around the catcher is just fine, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But even an article on Bleacher Report titled MLB's Top 5 Unwritten Rules and When It's Okay to Break Them ends with this gem. Number 5. After getting hit by a pitch, never rub the mark. If you're a baseball player, well, there's really no way you can break this one. You're a man, aren't you? No, sir, I am not. And maybe you should stop assuming I am just because I'm reading about baseball. And them's the rules. So... Is there an unwritten rule about how much you can or can't swear if you get hit by a baseball? Oh, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure swearing is actively encouraged. Okay. So that's part of the walking around the catcher and yes. dancing in, in exuberance yes. of some kind. Is, okay. All right. Well, I guess there's at least that. You don't have to, like, not... You don't have to keep a clean mouth and not rub the yes. spot. Yes. You can express okay. anger, okay. but rubbing the spot where the ball that, hit is... Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Not done. All right. I, I, I don't even have <laughs> I'm glad to know that their masculinity is so strong. Yep. Yep. Right? I mean, in the case of a real injury, like the uh, really unfortunate testicular torsion event that <sighs> happened in the past season. That's my non-existent poster. Yeah. Then people grab where I imagine hurt. everyone was grabbing their own areas yes. just in sympathy. Yeah, I would assume. So it wouldn't be fair for the person <laughs> who actually got hit to not grab So there their, are indeed exceptions their... to this rule. Okay. But they're limited. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Do you know <laughs> Rebecca's still I, processing. <laughs> I really am. Baseball is a weird yep. sport, man. Yep. 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 <laughs> Uh, sometimes it's charmingly wonder, weird sometimes it's just weird yeah yeah uh it this actually makes me wonder i how much some of these unwritten rules exist in women's baseball or softball oh, yeah. that's a really good question i mean i could say because i mean this this one feels to me like a toxic masculinity yeah. kind of thing so hopefully it doesn't exist mm-hmm. in women's baseball yeah i mean that was never discussed in right. softball um i mean some of them were like um uh, you know, not, uh, not even not stepping in the, the pitcher circle. It's a mm. circle in softball. Um, yeah, I would be interested in talking to some female baseball players to see how much of this. They should have Stephanie culture. on. She played baseball. That's right. She did. Yeah. I am doing so now. Excellent. Somebody else talk for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I know, Rebecca, I have, we have exhausted the coronavirus thing but i just never one more question because and, and this is an open question to me is like we talked about what it's doing to the seasons that are ongoing right like it's screwing the nba it's screwing the nhl it's very likely gonna mm-hmm. screw the mlb but i'm curious about what it's going to do to the sports that like haven't started yet right so like soccer mm-hmm. or um soccer has just begun. just begun like the wnba doesn't usually start till may like and right. it, I think this is the thing that I'm stuck on with, with COVID-19 is just all of the question marks, right? Like, we don't know how bad it's going to get. We don't know how widespread it's going to be. We don't know how long the effects are going to last. And I just wonder what it's like to be one of those players right now going, am I going to be playing for an empty stadium? Am I going to be able to fly to game, like away games? Are we, yeah, know? especially at, um, you know, lower leagues, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Where they're not getting paid, well, you know. Mm-hmm. And the 2020 Summer Olympics yeah. start yep. on July 24th in Tokyo. Right. Yeah, speaking of giant so, question marks. <laughs> yeah, so all of this will be very interesting mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, so sometimes I talk about figure skating on here, and they are supposed to have uh, Worlds, the World Championships, I'm going to say the 19th of March. Um, mm-hmm. And it's last I checked, which is not today, but in the past couple of days, they have yet to cancel it. It's in Toronto. Um, but it's definitely something that's being considered. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, like all of these question marks, I think it must really suck to be... I mean, I know it sucks enough for my job, and my job is not dependent on people in arenas paying money to come see me do my job. Thank goodness. <laughs> no. I would be there with yes, a giant frankly, foam finger. That would be horrifying. <laughs> it would be horrifying. So, you know, I can only imagine what it's like to be one of these, you know, or like a music performer or a theater mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Like my brother does, um, my brother 
is in a traveling theater group, and I haven't asked him, but I don't know what their plans are. Is he going to get quarantined somewhere? <laughs> I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to speculate on. Yeah, yeah. But. Well, in in less dire. Yes. <laughs> exhausting mm-hmm. news. Yes. Let's talk about jerseys. Yes. Uh, because somebody, one of you two pointed out that early on in this podcast, we talked about how sometimes the color of the jersey or the uniform dictates whether or not you like a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we talked about in the last episode, as I learned in the last episode, apparently basketball has like five jerseys. You, do you, is it a jersey or a uniform? uniform. It's a full uniform. Five five uniforms per team, which is, again, bonkers to me <laughs> because hockey usually has two, sometimes three. Um, so so what are your, your favorite jerseys, least favorite jerseys, favorite jersey colors? Which ones have affected you most in your personal life, <laughs> caused you the most trauma? Yeah, so, so I was thinking about this because we watched this Warriors game recently which did have these like throwback uniforms that I loved Um, and I was thinking you know so the Warriors colors are blue and gold which coincidentally happens to be the colors of you know the town I grew up in the Marion Wildcats (laughs) were blue and gold so I consider blue and gold to be the best sports colors now I also just like blue and yellow a lot like I tend to wear a lot of blue I tend to wear a lot of yellow uh, which of those came first? <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, but for all those reasons, I, I, I have probably kind of imprinted on it. And so I consider any team that is blue and yellow to be good. Likewise, blue and orange. Um, before I lived in Marion, I lived in Champaign-Urbana, and they were the Fighting Line, which is blue and orange. Oh, my family would be very happy about I know, that. the Gators, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, like, I will say, I think that they're very good because they're very distinct, right? Blue and gold, blue and orange. Like, you can pick that out on the field. So, like, the Super Bowl, we had problems because the two teams were, like, mirror images of each other. They were both red and right. gold, right? Or, I guess, yeah. Right. And so it was very Or red, red and, white, and white, yeah. And it was very hard to tell which team was doing what because I couldn't remember which version of red and white and gold was the right version yeah. of who had the red pants right. versus who had the red shirts. Yeah, yeah, it was really so so I personally will say blue and gold, blue and yellow, top, top level. I would also say uh <laughs> red and gold is not a bad second tier. Likewise purple and gold also good. Um I like the eye catching colors. I find you get teams like the Spurs that are like black and white or like black and silver. I find that very, very boring. Like, with... But the Magic are black, blue, and silver, and that looks really good. It's better. I'll give you better. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but I feel like I, I want to say that I like a cool color and a warm color combo. Like, that, that feels good. But then I thought of the A's, <laughs> who are green and yellow. I gotta say, I don't love it. I don't. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. very grade school somehow. Mm-hmm. Like this, maybe it's a specific. It's like very lemon and very like cram green. You know. Well, it's even it's classically, it's like a, a dark 
green, mm. um, almost too dark a green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say what I appreciate so much about the A's colors is that they're different. They are. Um, they, they I, are I, I don't. I wrote down at one point the number of MLB teams whose uh, colors are some combination of red, white, and blue, mm-hmm. and it's, oh, it's you know so like two thirds mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate anything that's different, mm-hmm. and you know the A's. It's immediately recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, and. But yeah, I don't like yellow as my thing. And yeah. I don't I don't love the shade of green that mm-hmm. they have. They do have Fridays they use the Kelly Green uniforms, mm-hmm. which I think they did in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I think that as I recall, the A's in the seventies tried some pretty nutty mm-hmm. uniform decisions. But I mean, <laughs> I mean it, was it was the, the Bay, it was the Bay Area in the seventies, so right. why, why not? not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right place, right time. Um so the Kelly Green on Fridays is a nod to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time it's a dark forest green which mm-hmm. doesn't pop i like the kelly green better like, yeah i feel like if they're gonna do it they may as well just lean into it and the kelly green and the lemon color are better together i think than yeah. the, like forest green and lemon i just I, don't know, I like green i like yellow there are a few colors honestly that i don't like i'm <laughs> i'm a colorful person i wear <laughs> a lot of color um <laughs> and uh as I say, in I'm going to say count the number of colors I see on you. Right yeah, now. right. So I have purple, like fuchsia tights, blue slippers, a green floral pattern dress, a pink sweater, and my hair is blue. So like, <laughs> I, neutrals and I are not a thing. Um, <laughs> this is your this is <laughs> neutral. You're absolutely right. <laughs> what do you mean lime green isn't a neutral color? <laughs> But I feel like there are combinations that work and combinations that don't. And I just am not sold on um, the A's. And I'm trying to think of other teams that have green and yellow. And the only one I can think of is Green Bay. Yeah. I can't. Or, well, no, the Celtics are like green and white. white. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Rebecca, what do you think? Um. So my, my gut reaction to your uh, orange and blue mm-hmm. thing is... Of course, to think about the hockey teams who mm-hmm. wear those colors, and I don't like them. I'm sorry, <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's fine. It's fine. I actually love orange. Mm-hmm. I mean, my car is orange. My favorite water bottle is. I orange. like orange too. Orange is great. Um, it's an underrated color. The flyers, the flyers are orange, and they're orange and black, mm-hmm. and I love that like bright garish mm-hmm. orange. But when you stick the blue in there, you've got the Islanders and the Oilers. And then I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have to say, I don't think hockey jerseys are particularly inventive. We have a lot of reds and blues. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the blues look black. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's a gray and a yellow that probably stand out more than anything else. Are there any purple hockey teams? No. There is a purple baseball team. There's purple base- basketball teams. I will say the sh- there's a purple football team, the Vikings. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. I do like them. Uh, and then there's... So the Sharks use teal, which is unusual too, I think. That's true. The Marlins use teal. Ish. Ish. They did. They were like a teal and a, like orangey red, mm-hmm. yeah, which was that. enough of a spin on the classic red and blue to, mm-hmm. you know... To be interesting, I thought, mm-hmm. um, but they kind of switched to a, a basic red and a bluey or teal in with the new logo. Which mm-hmm. I like the logo fine, but the the new colors are just dull. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, the Utah Jazz, when I rooted for them back in the 90s, were teal and purple. Oh, that's right. And, like, gray, maybe? It was really, really great. And at some point, they changed back to the original colors, which the Utah Jazz were originally from New Orleans, and their original colors Mm. were purple and green and yellow for Mardi Gras, which makes sense, but is a little uglier, in my opinion. Oh, I like it. Than teal and purple. Also, that's fascinating to bring that uh, Mardi Gras atmosphere to a state like uh-huh. Utah. <laughs> you are not wrong. Very interesting pairing. Yes. Yeah. 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 I guess the Lakers are purple and yellow, which is an unusual combo as well. I feel like you don't get that as much. The Vikings are purple and gold, though. So Yeah, the, uh, the one uh, non-standard combination that I really can't get into in MLB is the Padres. Like, it's very 70s. It's like that harvest yellow and brown and sometimes accents of orange. Yeah. And uh, we may be getting ahead of ourselves here, but um, for the All-Star game in uh, San Diego in 2015, 16, Mm -hmm. um, when they all had those colors for their Mm -hmm. practice jerseys, it was just (laughs) so ugly. So (laughs) ugly. I can't even. Yeah. The the hockey All-Star jerseys last year in 2019 mm-hmm. were basically light gray and then some like shock of neon yep. and it was very yeah weird. that's very 80s yep it, it was it was very 80s which is ironic because most of the players there were not <laughs> <laughs> so they don't remember those like bright you know, mm-hmm. leg warmers and your little triangle highlighter. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't dig the neon. Um the the NHL doesn't do a lot of playing with color, I don't feel like, but they do play with pattern every once in a mm-hmm. while. So teams primarily have uh one logo that goes on your home jersey and your away jersey. Mm-hmm. So your home jersey is the one that's colorful and your away jersey is white. Um, last year, a number of teams were allowed to have what we call a third jersey. Um, and in many cases, that was like a throwback jersey. Mm-hmm. So the Capitals is very, their their third jersey is very retro. Um, but not every team got a third jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, the NHL decided that they didn't want to make more merchandise. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, and then there are a number of stadium series games every year where um, a game is held outdoors at uh, some um, non-hockey arena. So two years ago, the Caps played at the Annapolis um, football field. This year, um, uh, the Avalanche and the Kings played at the Air Force Academy oh, yeah, that was in the their, on their football field. Yeah, yes, that was a parking cluster. Um, but so, so teams that play in the Winter Classic or some of these stadium series games, they get uh, a special jersey designed for that particular event. And so those... I tend to like those. I think those are pretty cool. Um, though, I mean, they can be hit or miss. When when the Capitals played the Maple Leafs last year in, in our stadium series game, the Maple Leafs jerseys were basically all white. 
which is interesting, an interesting choice when you're on playing ice. an outdoor <laughs> hockey game on white ice yeah. with very bright lights. I mean, from within the stadium, it was actually yeah. hard to see the team. People start getting retinal burn. Yeah, yeah. And then this year, the Kings had these, like, metallic silver helmets, which I don't know if that, I don't know how, I don't recall how sunny it was, but I can see that being a blindness problem for people in the stands. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, uh, I don't get the impression that the NHL plays with color very well, but we do, um, we. <laughs> Uh, but they do have some fun with these like extra um, bonus jerseys. So I'm pulling up some things uh, that I will then tweet out. But in uh, 20, I think it was 2018, yeah, 2018, 2019, the NBA did a whole uh, city edition uniforms, a whole series. Yeah, that's those magic jerseys. Uh huh. Stop Um. Yeah, the magic ones are. No, oh, that's Miami. Sorry, Miami. The Miami ones. Are I do glorious. like that though. Can, I don't. It's a. Uh, it's speaking of eighties. Oh, uh, it's uh, that oh, pink that's and like teal. Saved by the bell. Yeah, yeah. So it's saved a black by the bell. That's at the Miami uniform with teal and hot pink in that eighties sort of uh, scribble font. Um, yep. And that was the year I was looking for the Utah ones because you were talking about you know what what jerseys do we remember. And I really liked uh, the Utah, one of the Utah ones that year, um, because you know most of the most of the uniforms are like fairly standard year to year, but they always do one uh, one different one at least that's like a little funkier. And so I was trying to find the uh, mm-hmm. the I don't know if this was the official name of it, but the Utah ones had what everybody called the sunset jerseys. And they're like, oh yeah. Red and orange My first and thought was popsicle, but well, that's just me. But it the idea was so it's like it's gradiated. It starts at the top with the yellow and ends up red at the bottom. But they're discrete stripes. They're they discrete stripes. It's not I'm a braid, right? Um, and it, I, my understanding is that it was meant to reflect like the red rocks in Utah, right? So this is an instance where you know neither orange nor well, I guess yellow is a is a jazz color, but orange and red certainly are not. Um, but they mm-hmm. went ahead and did this because it was meant to be a reference to the local area, right? Which I thought was really cool. Um, I think I already talked about how I really liked the Warriors uh, Chinatown uh, yeah, logo. Those are really cool. They are really Last cool. year and the year before were both Yeah, really... they're both really good. They did two different ones. Um, they have a sweatshirt with them on it, and it, I really like it a lot. Let me see if I can... Is that... Is that like a theme that they do every year? I don't know if it's every, every year. Every year, but they've done it recently. Yeah, so and they have uh, they because I know Nancy was talking about they they're really good at representing various parts of the mm-hmm. Bay Area, and they have they'll have like stuff that represents San Francisco, and they'll say the city. Mm-hmm. Stuff that represents Oakland say says the, the town, town. Uh-huh. and then some that just say the Bay okay. and have you know the bridge or, or something on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this one. The Chinatown from two years ago had a really cool yeah. dragon graphic. It did. I really like that it. one. And then you really like the one from last. Well, year. I will say one of the one of the cool things about the Capitals is it's not their logo like across the chest because that just says Capitals, but we have the the 
Oh, that's pretty yeah. Cool. So it's got the Golden that, Gate. Oh yeah, I can see the Chinatown right. kind of. It's so it's got coin the Golden almost. Gate lo- Golden Gate Bridge. On yeah, it. it's in a Chinatown octagonal design, and then it's got the player number in Chinese characters as well as yeah. uh, Latinate characters there. So I yes. remember, I thought that's pretty cool. Numerals, they're not actually. Arabic numerals are different. Well, that's what we call. Yes, but we're wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, Save that so for our number of things podcast. that I like. Well, no. So I went. <laughs> I went to Jordan, and I couldn't read the numbers because they are actually different. Arabic numerals. They're actually Arabic <laughs> numerals. So, like, yeah, <laughs> it does actually matter. Oh yeah, here's the one that, that Rachel was talking about. Yes. So they have this this badass dragon face in it. I don't know. Oh, that's fun, yeah, right? Yeah, you should definitely. You I will. Should definitely, I will tweet, um, tweet photos of these. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really liked that one. Um, so one of the things that I like about the capitals, like low, it's not it's not their capitals like logo across the front, but it's their it's their little eagle that's vaguely in the shape of a W. Mm-hmm. Um, it has. Um, it has a nod to the tip of the Washington Monument and the Capitol building built like in silhouette and in relief as part of the W. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The Weagle. <laughs> the Washington Weagle. <laughs> that is an unfortunate name. <laughs> Why are that so funny? Oh, God. Weagle. Yeah. <laughs> Weagle. Uh, yeah, the A's are, uh, there's an A. But I do like when they play with the elephant. Oh yeah, stop as, as a logo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is it, what is the origin of the elephant? You know, know, I don't know. I think that even dates back to when they were the Philadelphia A's. Does it? I think I so. That was a right long time yeah. ago. Um like they may not have called him Stomper and had him as the the mascot, but I think the elephant I'm kind of goes back that far. Wow. But I mean that's always fun. I have a t shirt with an elephant with a, a mm. baseball bat in his trunk. He's cute. So yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay, if we're gonna talk about weird logos, uh, I do, do have to bring up the fact that um so I'm at the University of Maryland. Our mascot is a terrapin, which oh, is a type cute. of tortoise. Yeah. Um, not the first when thought I was when you think about No. No something. The state of Maryland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so when I was an undergrad, uh, I was in the knitting club. <laughs> it was me and like four of my friends, but we were an official club. We got a budget from the university. That's adorable. We had t-shirts made. And so our t-shirt from the Maryland knitting club was Testudo, the, the terrapin actually with knitting needles <laughs> knitting like a little scarf i still have that t-shirt <laughs> that's adorable but yeah that that was a good one that was a good logo well mine was the demon deacon so uh demon deacon. yeah yeah like as in a human being who as in a, in a church. yeah angry white baptist elder yep <laughs> okay but I will say that is legitimately one of the more terrifying mascots because you have all of these mascots that are like the banana slugs talking about you, Santa Cruz, or like the Redbirds, Illinois State, right? Yeah. The Demon Deacon is actually scary. Oh, yeah. Legitimately. He will ask to speak to your manager. That's horrifying. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I, I, there is like an, uh, a soft place in my heart for the banana slugs just because of the story behind it. Bright yellow. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I, I do find the banana swarms delightful on the one hand, but on the other hand, if you've ever like actually interacted with banana slug, they are No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. That's that's Yeah, the that's concept the of the banana slug is, yeah. is more amusing than the yeah. actual reality of it. I mean they're fascinating yes. creatures, but but yeah, no. Not I'm good. I'm all set. I'll I will deal with the fascinating creatures who play for my team <laughs> rather than the ones who represent the team. Well, any other Jersey news? Nancy's fallen down a Google image have, rabbit hole. I here. absolutely have. I found the ones that we saw the other night though, so that's something. <laughs> they have it I mean it's not actually rainbow, but it looks like rainbow around the edges, so I think that's part of what I like. Oh, that is cute. Well, I'm sure we will come back to this yes, from time to time. No doubt. Um, one of the things that some of the hockey teams do right is when they do Hockey is for Everyone mm-hmm. and they actually celebrate the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. um, there are a number of teams. The Canucks come to mind, um, maybe even the Jets that actually do um, – oh, and the Canadiens – that actually do um, rainbow numbers oh, on the jerseys, cute. and then they usually sell them. Like they'll wear them in warm ups, and then they'll they'll auction them off um, with money going towards mm-hmm. uh, like you can play or or the hockey is for everyone initiative. Mm-hmm. So I do love That's when they do that. Sense. Well, that reminded me. But it'd be nice, you know, they play eighty two games a year. It'd be nice if they did it more. Yeah. Than so I I found out in fact it's six jersey designs. Uh, at least for the oh, wow. for twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. I think they are all uh named. Yeah, so uh the Association Edition, which is like Ye Standard, Icon Edition, which is the dark version, blue instead of white, the Bay Statement Edition, uh the Statement Edition uniform features the team's new The Bay logo, which portrays a landscape of seaside cliffs overlooking water, accompanied by an overhead fog. A oh, scene Carl made it to the uniform! Reminiscent. He did make it to the uniform, <laughs> right. Uh, a scene reminiscent of the Golden Gate prior to the construction of Golden Gate Bridge. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, an old school. The wow. Town, City uh, Edition, San Francisco Classic Edition, and The City Classic Edition. So, like, they're hitting all the... All the uh, in case you are unaware, uh, the San Francisco Fog has a name. It's yes. Carl. It's Carl. Carl the Fog. He has a Twitter. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course he, he does. does. Of, uh, course of course he does. He does. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 So what I was going to say is um, baseball teams somewhat frequently do special occasion jerseys. They'll do for a, a weekend. Um, and some of them I like. Uh, but the ones that I don't <laughs> are the Mother's and Father's Day, mm-hmm. because the Father's mm-hmm. Day is blue, mm-hmm. and the Mother's Day is pink. That's oh. So yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, little thought as possible went into it. Well, and so, mm-hmm. all-star jerseys. Well, girls are pink and boys are right? blue, That's right? That's how they come out. And people, and people always have two parents, one who's pink <laughs> and one yep. who's blue, and there's... Yep. Nothing yeah. different. There are no purple parents. No, no green parents. There's no two blue parents or two two pink parents. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's all very cut and dry. So I I have not watched that much All-Star stuff. Um, partially because I haven't been in sports fandom that long and partially because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about All-Star uniforms. Um, 
because I feel like one of the challenges there is to find a compromise that will work for all the people involved, right? Because you're representing all these different teams. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, I didn't watch the NBA All-Star game this year because see previous mention of didn't care. Uh, but I did watch it last year, uh, 2019's All-Star, and um, I'm pretty sure the jerseys were just black and white, but one of the things I thought was interesting was that they did, um, so you had like the black jersey team and the white jersey team, and each player had their own team's logo on their jersey uh, in a very specific style. So it was like they redid all the logos in one uniform mm. style and then mm. put them on mm-hmm. the jersey. Um, and I thought that was interesting instead of having like A team logo and B team logo that everybody still kept their own logos and then the only way you could like tell who was on which team was the color, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like because I think black and white are boring that they should just go with like rainbow, right? <laughs> so I would like to suggest for the NBA for the All Star game twenty twenty one that they just I like it go full on color and you know, you would have like a silver team and a gold team maybe, but then like rainbow edging on all of it or like maybe rainbow shorts. I love it. Right? Yeah, the MLB yeah. last year for Players Weekend, which is supposed to be kind of like the fun. The players can pick the names they want on their jerseys. Mm-hmm. They did black and white, but it was black on black and white on white. It's terrible. And it didn't read at all on camera. And the Why white guys with the white batting Why? helmets look like space balls. <laughs> Not stormtroopers. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a bad decision. Yeah, that is a bad decision. And I feel like this year's hockey all-star, I can't remember exactly what they were, but they I remember they looked like, they were like pale gray were, and had like lines on them. Yeah, they were different, they were different shades of gray. So there was a dark gray and a light gray. Uh-huh. And the dark gray had light gray stripes mm-hmm. and the light gray had dark, dark gray stripes. Right. And then, and that was like, um... You know, that was your quote-unquote home and away. And then your actual team logo was on the front. Right, but I remember hearing a, a, some one of my podcasts was talking about, like, the only team that that worked for was the St. Louis Blues because their logo is a music note, and so it actually looked like a music note on a staff. <laughs> yeah. Whereas everybody yeah. else she's like... I wouldn't say it actually well, worked for them. better than, you know, a shark with a hockey yeah. stick. <laughs> yeah. No, they were just, they were just, uh, for me, they were just boring this year. There was nothing kind of special about them. Uh, and I, I love your idea of rainbow stuff. I mean, if they had made these these stripes instead of dark gray or light gray, mm-hmm. rainbow. And you know what? Tell the, tell the conservative people who don't believe that there are LGBTQ people in sports that it's just colors representing every yeah, team exactly. in their It's just universal, right? We're just being inclusive of all yeah. the teams. They're just in a specific order. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I like it. So we keep talking about all-star uniforms, but, and and I was talking about watching the all-star game last year, but for those who are unfamiliar, which kind of honestly includes me, what is the all-star break and what is the all-star game? How do we, what is this for our sports and how do we define that and who gets to play well, I think all three of our main sports have mm-hmm. all-star games and breaks. Mm-hmm. Roughly corresponding to the middle of the season, am I... Uh, it's a little closer to the end for basketball and hockey. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, it's, yeah, it's not the mathematical midpoint for baseball. Either. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, but I think I'm trying to think of commonalities across all our sports. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you're pulling uh, players from all teams across the league, mm-hmm. um, making two mega teams, mm-hmm. and having them play each other. Mm-hmm. And in um, baseball, it's you know American League versus National League. Mm-hmm. Um, it's East, is it East versus West in basketball? Uh, it has varied depending on the year. Um, Last year, when I watched, they had uh, Team Steph and Team LeBron, and they just oh. let them pick. Oh, yeah! Wow, um, that's but interesting. The thing that might be true that I don't remember, so we should look this up afterward. But the thing that might be true is that there might be fifteen players from the Eastern Conference and fifteen players from the Western Conference, and that it was just LeBron divided up to choose okay. from those two groups instead of having it be East versus West. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. So the past few years in hockey, there have actually been four teams for the four divisions. Um, and so there are, there's separate competitions within the All-Star weekend. Everything culminates in the All-Star game, which is really, it's a three-on-three like tournament. So the two Eastern Conference teams will play each other and the two Western Conference teams will play each other. And then they'll play for third seeds and they'll play for winner. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't think that's what it always was. I know there was a few years ago where there was a captain of each division and they held their own mini draft. And apparently that was super fun for all the fans. They loved watching that because the players tend to drink a lot <laughs> and just let loose and have a lot of fun that weekend. But the league didn't like it, so Aww. we haven't seen that again in a number of years. Yeah. Um, MLB only has one game, but they have some events leading up to it. Yeah, same as They've NBA. got the, the home, room, home run <laughs> derby, which is always a blast to watch. Um, a All-Stars Future game, which is uh, young youth American players versus international youth players. Oh, cool. Um, I've never watched oh, that. Awesome. I don't know if that's televised or not. And then they have a legend slash celebrity softball game. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah, the NBA does that too. So they have a game, but then they also have like the dunk contest and they have like, mm-hmm. I want to say some skills workshops or something else. The three mm-hmm. point, three point, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like who can make the most three pointers in a row, but there's a name for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's escaping me at the moment. Um, shootout, maybe something like that. But the players all really love it, not because they really love the All Star game, but because for everybody else who's not those 30 players, they get a week off. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. All our sports, I think. Yeah. I was, I was wondering where you were going with that. The players love it thing. Yeah, but yes, fair. I agree with you. Ninety percent of the league uh-huh. loves the All Star right. break. The other ten percent are like, well, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's something that comes up in baseball, and I'm sure it probably comes up in um, the all sports too. Of there's kind of a. a Tension between yes, it's an honor to be asked to play in the All Star game. Yes, but people also want the break, and yes. they don't want it. Like mm-hmm. if somebody gets injured in the All Star game, you right. know, it's kind of seen as even more of a shame because uh-huh. it wasn't a real game. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's mm-hmm. always the tension of like that they've increased the prize in the home run derby because I guess people weren't wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there a penalty? If you don't attend, like if you're voted in and you don't attend, I don't think, I don't think so, but it's definitely seen as 
a slight. Like he wouldn't want to. Do I don't know. I do think like people that. bow out. I don't think fairly do frequently. Anymore. Yeah. No, I don't think so. But it's so they do. They do occasionally in hockey. The um, so like the the most of the players are picked by fan vote, um, and then a group of core players are picked by the league. And it's usually, you know, your your Connor McDavid's, your Alex Ovechkin's, right. Right? right? It's the the people that the league assumes that people attending the game really, really, really want to see. Yeah. Um, if you uh, decide not to go to the All Star game and you are healthy, you are suspended one game. Wow, really? The game immediately preceding the All Star break or the game immediately following Golly. it. That's intense. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, so, um, Ovi Ovechkin has been invited to the all-star game. I don't know, 10 out of his 15 years in the league. Um, and the last two years in a row, he has bowed out. Um, he's just said, listen, yeah, I'm just taking the suspension. He said, um, I want to spend time with my family. I want to rest for the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And so he gets... He gets suspended for one game. Um, and then there are guys who say, oh, I'm, I'm injured. I, I, still have to go. I can't go. And and for whatever reason, if you can't play because of injury, injury uh-huh. you don't get suspended. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I remember, I don't, again, I don't remember if it was this year or last year, but Steve Kerr was potentially going to have to coach the all one of the all-star teams and it was just like you could tell he didn't want to he didn't want to he didn't want to but like he couldn't come out and be like i super just want to go on vacation with my family so and then it didn't go to him so um, everybody was very happy so your coaches at the all-star game are players no steve is that what you're saying not steph curry oh steve kerr understand (laughs) got it yeah got it there is a captain of each team that is a player but yeah, so they yeah, select our, coaches from any team in the league, I yeah. think in all of our sports, yeah, yeah different ones every year. Yeah, yeah. So, so ours is the automatic selection is whichever coach is coaching the winningest team in their division oh, really? at like X point in the season. Okay. Yeah. No, in basketball, it's yeah. not that way. Okay, so the All Star Break nice for the players, most of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. entertaining if you're into it, I guess. Yeah, they the games I think have a reputation for not being the most exciting. Right. I mean, in baseball, it's right. because you know you're getting the best of the best pitchers, and you're having a new pitcher mm-hmm. more or less every inning. Mm-hmm. I think so. You've got all these. You know, you don't tend to see a whole lot of big hits or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. The one all-star basketball game I watched was fairly entertaining, to be fair, because it was, like, all these guys showing off. Like, it's really an opportunity for them to, like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, make the ridiculous show-off dunks. And, yeah, like, it'd be cool if it were more Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of got there, like, lots of alley-oops <laughs> and, like, nobody is playing defense because who the fuck cares about defense? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, and, I mean, they score yeah. really, really Nobody's high. blocking yeah. shots. yeah. Yeah, nobody's blocking shots because, like you said, if you get injured right. during the All Star game, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. they tried to raise the stakes on the um, the All Star game in the early two thousands, 
uh, yeah, 2003, so that the winner, because it's American League versus National League, so whichever league won, their team would have home field advantage in the World Series. Oh, wow. And so, you know, they they try to do that to, like I say, raise the stakes, but then in 2015, uh, one of the pitchers admitted that that he was throwing softballs at Jeter Mm because it was going to be his last, Derek Jeter was going to be his last year at the All-Star game, Mm -hmm. and so everybody was clutching their pearls Mm -hmm. about how Mm -hmm. dare they take this less than seriously. Uh But anyway, so as of 2016, the winner is just the winner. He gets bragging rights, and that's it. Yeah. Every I think in the NHL All-Star game, like the winner of the skills challenge might get a car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't remember. I'm not sure I know if any other NBA contests get prizes. I mean, I'll say as a fan, I enjoy the All Star Weekend because there's so much press on there some is, good players. Yeah. They also do a lot of like fun gimmicky things. Last year, they um, put put individual players in a room with like fifteen puppies. Oh. And I mean, if that if exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if that doesn't make you smile, I don't know. I mean, I would rather them be in a room with fifteen kittens because I'm person, but no puppy, still, but still cute. Watching but. watching Claude Giroux like, <laughs> cradling puppies. Yeah. So do we all feel like the the all, stuff that comes along with the All Star break is is more fun than the actual All Star game? Yes. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll also say, last year I was very thankful for the All Star break because I ended up at the same resort in Mexico as a bunch of the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> you have such incredible luck with like. Yeah, you do. Ending up at I do. I do. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anything further on the All-Star game break? Any of that? Uh, it's in baseball. It's always the week before Comic-Con. Oh. I guess that's That's true. how I track I time. That's really <laughs> mm. funny. The Tuesday. That's, that's interesting. In, in hockey, it comes very shortly after the holiday break. Which doesn't make really a lot of sense yeah, to me. In, so they get, they play like three full months, then they get four days off, mm-hmm. and then they play for two weeks, and then they get, every team gets a bye week, and your bye week is either the week before or after the All Star break. So you get like two two vacations in a row, and then nothing else. I I feel oh, like they can spread it out better, better but that's just that. me. They don't really take a holiday break for one thing, um, and also then the. The All-Star break is usually like the middle of February. It's usually right around Valentine's Day. So there's a little more mm-hmm. space in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for us today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us once again. You can find us on Instagram at Fowlpuck Podcast and Twitter at Fowlpuck Pod. Uh, either variety of those at SoundCloud, Facebook, gmail you can find us uh and i am rebecca signing off i am rachel signing off and i'm nancy also signing off thanks for joining us bye